Welcome to another episode of Podden Ain't Easy, the penultimate episode of our Loki series. We're on episode 5, Journey into the Mystery, uh, is entitled this episode. I am one half of Team Godfather, Scott McLeod, and I'm joined by the classic Loki to my kid Loki. <laughs> yes, thanks for that. I'm the old one. Yeah, let's just get that out of the way. Oh, comparing you to Richard E. Grant as well, I thought you'd be flattered. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, can't, you know, yeah, yeah, that's because it's up, up shuts, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, would you rather I compared you to Alligator Loki? Would you prefer that one? I mean, at least he bit someone's arm off. <laughs> Spo- spoiler alert. Oh, yes, because you never want to piss off Carl too bad. You know, you've heard him get a bit animated on this show, but you've not seen Carl truly angry until he's bit someone's arm off. <laughs> yeah. Getting offended about potentially being called old aside. How are, you, how are you doing today, Carl? Well, I'm doing really good because last time we spoke, it had been announced that Manchester United was going to sign Cristiano Ronaldo, and today it was a, he was officially unveiled as a new Man United player. So, you know, for continuing the tea and everything from the last part, I thought I'd bring that up. And yeah, so still super happy, still riding that high, Scott. <laughs> Very good. And you're riding the high. I may be falling a low. I don't know how. I don't know how to transition to it because you know I've not got much <laughs> going on myself that I can talk about. My highlight of this week is that I'm going to get my second dose of the vaccine this week. And I thought, oh, that's good, because the following weekend is my, my birthday. Oh, I can be double vaxxed, I can go out, maybe do something. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I might go back into a sudden lockdown in Scotland. So I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. All oh, right, I didn't I didn't know that was on the, on the card. So, uh, yeah, they keep, keep saying Sturgeon's going to announce something. If I kept that with it more, I would know, but you know. <laughs> well, let's hope not, eh? So you can enjoy your birthday. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. But funny this episode because we've not actually got that much to really talk about outside of the Wolkies. We have some stuff to really talk about, but I should say before we start, you know, how, how are you feeling, Karen? Like I said, the penultimate episode. Are you looking forward to, you know, ending this and seeing what happens, how this unfolds before we move on to something else. Yeah, definitely. It's been a very well put together, well paced programme and it's it's moved along nicely as you say, the unveiling of the mysteries, like who the timekeepers are and it turned out they were just robots. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's going to be quite cool to unravel the mystery and see what really is going on. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, well, I know what, what's going on because I've seen the finale already and I'm thinking maybe we should try and look out to the Rogue Opinions you know, extended universe 
extended variants of podcasts and <laughs> trying to get a guest on, like where we had got our, we had guests on the last few episodes of the Mandalorian pod. Uh, but more on that when we get to the next episode. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I knew I wanted to take a break from something Star Wars related and you know, what better than the most recent thing being Loki. And I'm glad because, you know, I've en- I've enjoyed, you know, this kind of watch like, even though it's still relatively fresh, I'm still even going back and finding little like little details of things that I didn't notice before. Yeah, I mean, perhaps we can go into the uh, the multiverse and find different variants of ourselves. I mean, there might be a an old you and a younger me or something <laughs> that we can yeah. get involved. Well, I've done that actually technically before over at Scott and Paul's Brown podcast because one time I was live tweeting a pay-per-view. Uh, this was a couple of years ago now uh, from the Scott and Paul's Twitter account. I got a retweet from another from a show called the Scott and Paul Show, which is a, a podcast hosted by two Americans called Scott and Paul. And at one point, me and Paul even had the American Paul on our show to review SummerSlam '93. Uh, so there you go. We've I've already found there's a variant of myself out there, but uh, who knows what else is out there? Is there one of us? Oh, it's an alligator. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, a, a, a haggis version of yourself, perhaps. Of course, there always comes back to the Scottish. <laughs> I, every day, I think I'm in a safe space, and this blatant racism comes back <laughs> once again. <laughs> we joke that you're old, Carl, but you're not that old that we forgive you for being racist. You still have to be held accountable. Yep, yeah, I was back there building Hadrian's Wall back in the day, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that makes it upset, acceptable, apparently. <laughs> well, let's not, you know, be offending each other anymore. Let's get into the actual episode. It's, uh, like I said, Journey into the Mystery, uh, or Journey into Mystery, rather, uh, is the name of the episode. And since then, uh, I made this little note, probably it doesn't mean as much as I'm, uh, as I'm reading into it, but the way that they open the show with a weird kind of upside-down camera shot going through the TV towards the golden yeah, elevator to where the te- where the timekeepers are kept. And I, I just thought, oh, was this symbolic? Is this because our whole view of the TV has been turned upside-down because the timekeepers aren't what they appeared? Or am I just desperate to find meaning in things? Probably the latter. And <laughs> we go back to what is known as the void, is this weird purgatory place where everything that most of the stuff that gets reset or pruned ends up there, and all the people are trying to survive this giant cloud monster called Elias, and Loki has to team up with these other variants of himself that he met at the start, the end of the last episode in the post-credits. He goes along with Richard E. Grant's character just credited as classic Loki. There's a, a Loki that has a version of what looks like Thor's hammer, who's credited as boastful Loki. There's a child Loki, and there's one that's an alligator. So... They're all running away and everything, and Loki's like trying to make sense of, of everything and trying to get all the questions with the other Loki's just basically saying, like, we've got one plan, get away from alive and don't die. And they, they, it turns out the kid Loki is their leader because his next event was allegedly that he killed his version of Thor, which uh, was a bit of a shock to start off the episode. Uh, meanwhile, back at the TVA, it looks like Renslayer may have to form some sort of alliance with, uh, with Sylvie because she's still feeling like Amazon. Is- and the dark as you are, and I want to know who created these timekeepers who lied to me and everything. And so she, because they're, they're doing this in the uh, the room where they were, where Loki was meant to be tried and everything, because 
Sylvie was literally planning on killing her. I said, I'm going to kill you the same place that you took my life from me when you brought me here. You took me from my home. And then uh, they get Miss Minutes to try and you know, find some files from the beginning of time. Because uh, they And they talk about uh, where everything goes and the void and everything's pruned and it's a void at the end of time. And Sylvie has a theory that whatever whoever's really behind the TVA is living beyond that void at the end of time because they wouldn't be able to be detected there as time the full timeline hasn't allegedly been written yet. So it seems like they're helping them, but it turns out you know they're looking for some vehicle that they claim can take them through the timeline, but it turns out to be a lie as Miss Minutes is just distracting them while uh, some more Minutemen arrive to try and take out take out Sylvie. So Sylvie is reminded that she can't trust Renslayer and so opts to prune herself so she can go and find Loki wherever he is. Uh, we've got the other Lokis sitting in a bunker all talk, talking about what got them there and their Nexus events. Uh, Loki decides, you know, I'm, I'm not just going to sit here and you get back and you get to Sylvie and everything and he wants to try and kill a life. And then he's confronted by another group of Lokis led by a Loki with a basically a vote for me badge which is credited as President Loki. Which then was used into a fighting where everybody keeps turning on each other and because that's the nature of a Loki which leads to a big fight. Uh, alligator Loki, Kid Loki, Classic Loki and Original Loki all managed to escape and they all yell about all the purple point of a Loki were all meant to just cause suffering where it can't be trusted and everything but Loki managed to convince them to get him to Elias so he can try and kill it. Uh, Sylvie arrives just as Elias is like swooping over and uh, saved by Mobius uh, who's revealed to be alive as we hoped he would be in some weird pizza car thing <laughs> and uh, they eventually meet up with Loki and everything because Loki's original plan was just to sneak up and kill it like it's any normal creature but we've shown that Elias is a bit too powerful for that and Sylvie's plan is basically to enchant it and uh, basically to enchant it to or find a way past it to get to whoever is behind it, behind it at the void of the end of time and create the TVA uh, we also get a scene of Renslayer interrogating Hunter B-15 asking what she knew, what the variant told her and everything because She's purely trying to find out who's behind the TVA, but also want to keep everything a secret from the people that work there so they don't know what's really going on. Yeah, we get a nice moment between Loki and Sylvie, you know, as they talk about their Nexus event on Lamentis and, you know, before they go into something that might end up going very badly for them. Mobius has a nice moment with Loki before he goes back to the TVA. And as they try and chant Elias and distract him, uh, they realise they're about out of their depth, but classic Loki manages to sacrifice himself by creating an illusion uh, which tricks Elias and basically sacrifices himself uh, so that Loki and Sylvie have more time to together enchant Elias and clear a path. A door opens and you can kind of see there's some weird house in the middle of nowhere uh, and this is going to be at the end of time and we assume whoever is there, whoever they meet is going to be the person who is secretly behind the TV end. Like right past those, they show you where they go, they go, you go through it, and then cut to black. You're like, ah, you have to wait to the final episodes. And it's especially annoying given that these Zen Plus shows are weekly. Yeah, it's typical of a TV series to do that, just sort of wet your appetite just enough. <laughs> so, you know, I know I, I, I see this every episode, you didn't really find one, I think, in the last episode or so, but what a thing. What was that about this? Ep- was there anything in this episode that you also didn't know about, having not watched it, that surprised you the most? Um, alligator Loki. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised there weren't enough. There weren't even more memes about that. It's still that's the kind of thing the internet loves nowadays. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't prepared for that. I must admit, it was. <laughs> yeah, I think this is again a lot of fun. They see the different versions of Loki, and they can have a bit of fun with the the idea of the variants. Because in the previously, they made, they make sure to include the bit from episode two. Where Mobius is going through different versions, we've pruned a lot of these guys, and no two of them are alike. And then they get to see these different versions of them. And yeah, the alligator one, like, Loki at first just thinks it's an alligator. And then he suddenly realizes, wait, that thing's a Loki. I went, yeah. And it's a bit with Mobius at the end. Uh, also, the bit like when the Sylvie meets, he goes, and that's us as an alligator. It's best not to question it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's also a bit. I think it's before he realised it's a low Q and he, he says, "Which I'm saddened to report doesn't surprise me." <laughs> yeah, because I see three versions of myself and alligator, which sadly somehow didn't surprise me. He goes, can we just stop for a second so I can ask like several thousand questions? <laughs> and I, I did love like they still managed to find like some humour at this scene as well, like. Every time he asks what we're doing, what the plan is, he keeps saying, don't die, don't die. He's like, don't die is not a plan, it's a general requirement for a living. <laughs> Which is a, a solid point, to be to be fair. And uh, yeah, he's uh, completely bemused and they're just running away, sort of, from a liar. Which is uh, quite funny. And I think classic look, he describes it as, we're in a shark tank. And that's the shark. And then uh, crocodile, alligator Loki makes like a growling sound. And it's like, there isn't such thing as an alligator tank. <laughs> yeah, you have to forgive him. He's very sensitive. <laughs> and then look, there's a scene in the, the bunker where they're all discussing their the, the next event. And it's both full Loki's basically telling all sorts of bollocks about himself. And which is probably why it's called both full Loki. And uh, the alligator girls and goes, that's alligator for a liar. And, <laughs> and and then he yells at the, the alligator, at least my Nexus event wasn't eating the neighbor's cat or the wrong neighbor's cat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the fact he's just like that. He's got like a little kid's paddling pool to, <laughs> to sit in as well. <laughs> I also like, really like the, the kids, Loki, even though he, he only had a small part in it. But the fact he's sitting on his quite own little throne because he's kind of the leader of this group. And yeah, they they all got these kind of like goblets and these like big cups, honestly, white or some sort of wines. And he's sitting there with a juice box over at the side. <laughs> yeah, I think that little bunker. I think it's like a bowling alley or something by the looks of it as well, which is a, quite a cool touch. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, as you say, when uh, our Loki decides he's had enough and he's going to venture out, he sees a, a whole army of Lokis. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't realise they were all like Lokis at first. Like I knew obviously they were being led by one. Because like the, the bit where with that Loki, the president Loki saying, you know, what did you expect? That was in the, the trailer. Uh, so I, I assumed, you know, that, that was, I didn't realise this would be the context of it. Because I remember watching the trailers, I thought this is going to be like some a group of people from some random family that Loki recruits, you know, towards the end of the series or whatever. I didn't realise they were all maybe Lokis. And then as soon as they all portray him and I look at some of them having the little horns on their head, like, ah, right, these are all Lokis and everything. Because even Boastful Loki tries to portray them at one point, because uh, he makes a deal with President Loki, and he goes, yeah, then I realised, you know, the, 
the deal didn't really go in my favor. So my army, my throne. <laughs> yeah, typical. It was typical. And then all the other Lokis decide they're going to betray each other as well. So all, all just typical Lokis, basically. Yeah, because that's what they say when they match this game. No, this is basically what we're a Loki's meant to do. We portray because nothing but suffering. And then a classic Loki, Ricky Grant's character, basically says we're basically meant to be the god of the outcasts and everything. Because he says that he went through life as he was meant to, but instead of like doing what uh, Loki did in Infinity War of trying to trick him and then try and stab, uh, try and stab Thanos, he created an illusion while he secretly hid and managed to survive Infinity War. But somehow him being on his own uh, for years and not dying when he was meant to didn't trigger the TVA. But as soon as he tried to, you know, get back to Thor and everybody, that's when the TVA picked him up and, you know, took him away. Yeah, and he also sort of says, uh, some of towards the end, like, and every, we're doomed to fail and... Mm-hmm. Ourselves, and every time we try and correct ourselves, the TVA show up and prune us. Mm-hmm. And there's even a minute uh, where uh, the, the Loki's all sitting around, and Mobius is there. And Mobius just thought about how many variations of Loki that they've met over the years. Because I still don't, I never remember one, one that's an alligator. And he goes, Are You sure he's a Loki? Like, well, he's green, isn't he? Yeah, he could be lying, <laughs> playing the long con, but that makes him even more likely to be a Loki. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't. I can't tell you though how happy it made me. Well, like when Sylvie's running and you see the car, the first time I watched it, I went, "Please let that be Mobius. Let that be Mobius." Because I knew if I that Loki was still alive and in this weird void, kind of like a weird purgatory kind of thing. Uh, I think it's basically the scrape it. I thought like, well, Mobius has got to be there somewhere, and then getting to see Mobius, and then even then, when they're running from the cloud, he still has to get a light, and he goes. No, you should really be careful and not get into a stranger's car like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, they drive away from it, and then Sylvie decides that absolutely want to drive towards it. <laughs> yeah, it was, what, do you want to go back to the angry cloud? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, it was great. I had a feeling once we knew Loki was still alive that uh, Mobius would be there somewhere. So it was cool that he came back and... Uh, yeah, she's like, you? <laughs> yeah, and uh, they don't they don't exactly immediately become friends in there that they're on the, the same side, uh, even though Sylvie does say, you know, he's not all bad, but, you know, they have that exchange in the car where they both talk about, you know, being on different sides, but thinking they were doing, you know, the right thing then, justifying the means everything, but, you know, like, on his side, you know, she killed people while she was on the run, but then you're like, yeah, but you guys hunt, you know, take people from their homes, you hunted me down, and like just basically reset entire civilizations. So you can kind of see it from like both points of view. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he, he thought he was doing the right thing via the TVA, which he f- thought he was created by, and Sylvia was just trying to survive because she'd been on the run since she was a little girl, as she split hunted like a dog. So yeah, they they both got uh, very valid points to why they've done what they've done, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I sort of I like the bit. It, it's kind of explained as well about this sort of um, sort of planet they're on uh, by Renslayer, and there was she tells of what if I told you Loki could still be alive. 
So we can't. We found out we can't eliminate everything altogether. So when we prune stuff, it goes to this sort of um, what what what, we, what are we calling it? Uh, a void. Basically. The void. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, right at the end of the universe. So that's where everything sort of ends up, and most of it gets gobbled up by um, Elias. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the weird, the, kind of the ominous music they have whenever Elias is kind of looming. As in, given that he's mostly made of a cloud, I always rem- there were points when he showed up that reminded me of like whenever in a Christmas car, whenever the ghost of Christmas, you know, future shows up, he's almost he's always the scariest when he shows up, and that's what Elias at points reminded me of. You know, you may you may draw your own comparisons, but that's mine. Yeah, how. That wasn't one. Of, yeah, I, I totally get that. I'd not really thought of any comparisons. I just thought it was like a big, scary, monstery thing. To be honest, mm-hmm. like a like a big hairy spider. I'd I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd run away from it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's good to like forty minutes this episode. Yeah, it doesn't actually. When I was you know, meeting down the important like moments, I was saying stuff. We should also go in a bit more detail about. It didn't actually feel as long in an episode. It kind of felt like it did what it had to. You know, even the war moments where they're kind of sitting around. It didn't feel like it's done in the past. What shows have done in the past. It was like the second last episode where it's all, a lot of it's just filled people sitting around talking about what's going to happen eventually in the finale. Kind of like what Falcon and Winter Soldier kind of felt like for most of its uh, penultimate episode. Whereas here, a lot of stuff was was happening. But... It did seem to kind of almost fly by. I don't know if you felt that way as well. Yeah, definitely. I think this episode was so well paced. It it just flew by. There wasn't any sort of unnecessary sort of fat to the episode. And it, it went along at a nice steady pace, really, which is, which is always good. Um, although sometimes you do need to slow things down a bit, like you were saying, just to explain and give some exposition and... Uh, and what have you, but yeah, it's um, very well done, and we see a little bit of, uh, as you say, a bit more on Renslayer. Actually, I actually was, they actually did have me, I actually did think they were going to uh, team up for a, for a few minutes to get to the bottom of the things, but it, it turns out that wasn't the case, and Renslayer is sort of in some kind of denial, I'd, Mm-hmm. I would say I don't know if you'd agree with that. Yeah, I think she is still very similar to how she was in the last one, where she does. Oh, she is also surprised that these tankers aren't really what created the TVA, and so she's trying to keep everything together. Yeah, protect this weird. Her whole everything she's known is about the TVA and the tankers, and she does want to find out who's behind it, but she also doesn't want to work with Loki. Louis Sylvie, she wants to get rid of her because she will would expose the fact that they're all variants. Uh, so, she is there very much. She's almost a secondary villain, almost. That's what she's become in the last couple of episodes. She's like, she does, she is like Mobius in that, like, they've only known one thing and they want to protect that, but Mobius is willing to, you know, take down who, the TV and whoever's behind it, whereas she basically wants to keep everything almost intact. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She might not. No, who's at these running things, but she seems determined to cling on to her, the TVA, um, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of happy that she and Sylvie didn't end up like teaming up, because I can't remember what, they, what was called the weird prototype that, that she claimed could take them that didn't really exist. Um, 
I'm just going to call it a time mobile because that's basically what they were uh, at. Yeah, I think it was a void ship and it was supposed to yeah. be able to go through um, yeah, the, all the timey-wimey stuff yeah. and the keep tar- them all the tar- safe. Yeah, basically, so you tell them there was a TARDIS. We'll call it that. Basically, a TARDIS was <laughs> describing. Uh, and then I thought, oh, it's a bit convenient. They haven't have a prototype version of a, of a thing that could take them to the place they need to go. And then the fact that they were obviously lying about it and uh, like she was kind of pulled in, Renzo, when she went to shake her hand, she was like, like, you know, taking a bit long, are you? And you can see her and Miss Manette's kind of looking at each other and like, how much longer? Not so long. And then you can hear people coming like, ah, it was all a trick. <laughs> like, <I'm, laughs> so I was kind of glad that they went that route. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It did sound all a bit too uh, convenient. This is a special ship to get them there and everything. But yeah, it was just uh, delaying tactics. Mm-hmm. And you know, you talk about exposition. There is a, couple, a little bit of exposition in this episode, and uh, but all that does pay off. It plays a part in the episode, which is always good. And not it's not it's not just throwing in there to kind of like prolong the scenes of like people explaining stuff that's gonna come up later. And you even get some exposition almost from episodes that happened earlier in the season because Link uh, Mobius first mentioned the idea that the end of time isn't written yet and that's further built up expanded upon when Sylvie's talking to Renslayer and everything and so also this voice at the end of time because if it's at a point where nothing's been written yet, anything that happens there won't cause a, a nexus event or anything that doesn't matter. All this stuff from different timelines that they've pruned all goes here and life life destroys it, it doesn't matter. And even like both for Loki talks about like when Loki suggests all oh, about a next event, he goes, The TV doesn't care what happens here, this is where they dump all the rubbish. Basically, it's basically a dump for them because you can see stuff from all different time points. There's a weird what looked like an, an alternate version of like the, the Avengers Tower as at one in one scene when it's swooping over uh, like the soul void out as they're running from my life. Also, I think I'm pretty sure I spotted a helicopter that had the word Thanos written on the side of it. We, didn't, we don't get any explanation of it, it's just there for reasons. Apparently, there's a, there's a very of the Mad Titan that owned a helicopter company, maybe. I don't <laughs> yeah, and there's also a bit like uh, a Golden Gate Bridge that's mm-hmm. there as well. So, uh, some quite good stuff. And another bit I like in this episode is when. Um, Loki, when they're in that bunker, gives like his, um, his sort of rousing speech about um, trying to break free and, uh, and stuff and uh, find a liar for whatnot. And the other three sort of just start burst, just burst into laughter, basically, instead of being inspired by it. They just find it hilarious and think he's off his rocker. Yeah. I like. The, the, the other Loki's do kind of take the piss out of Loki at, at points. And they're like, oh, what about Tempad? He goes, oh, you mean the one time Nicky can conveniently, conveniently get us out of Yeah, there's loads of them around here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which Sylvie does manage to bring with her when she steals it off of Rensler, which is how Mobius manages to get back to the TVA. Uh, which, you know. Maybe it's just that I'm biased here, but not enough not enough Mobius in the head, so that would be my one nitpick of this episode. <laughs> not enough Mobius. Yeah, need, needed more Mobius, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And even also, they, when talk about exposition, things are kind of thrown out there that pay off. Uh, when Classic Loki talks about the way he tricked Thanos and managed to survive what was inevitably maybe his fate, 
he he does very you're an illusion, you know, so believable, so realistic that even the Mad Titan believed it. We said and he has to play it into a much larger scale when he's trying to distract Elias and even Elias believes and then realizes that the thing he's trying to destroy isn't real. And, you know you know, it's a it's a bit on the nose, but it's a bit of a glorious kind of way for this version of Loki to go, especially as he yells glorious purpose like minute moments before he dies. Yeah, definitely. It sort of makes uh, an illusion of uh, Mathgard, basically, doesn't he? Which uh, you can tell is taking a lot, of, a lot out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he is very. As soon as this is Elias is you know, realizing that it's not real, he's he's starting to lose control of it, and he's kind of weak based. Kind of accepts it because he's accepts that he's bought them enough time, and like goes out and you know you see that he's actually done something you know noble with his life rather than you know being like what he they think a Loki does and basically always stabs people in the back because even Sylvie still questions on having that when she's in that scene with Loki if in the final moments he'll betray her. Yeah, you can yeah ever really trust a Loki, that is the question. Mm-hmm. But they share another nice moment, uh Sylvie and Loki when they're Sitting down, talk, sort of talk about the plan, and then he magics a blanket, mm-hmm. and then he sort of magics it so it sort of um, covers them both, which you know, but was quite smooth to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then she complains, "It's not very snuggly, <laughs> typical bloody woman." <laughs> I'm sorry, the views on Scottish people and women uh, do not reflect those of. Of rogue opinions here and fun and easy. It's simply the views of Carol Beer. <laughs> I'm just have. I'm just having a bit of fun. Don't take me seriously, please. <laughs> oh no, I gave up on taking you seriously a long time ago. It's a lot, it's a lot more harsh than I meant it to be. Like I said, a bit, said a more jo- jovial and joke like in my head. <laughs> <laughs> the the real now no, the truth is coming out now. I say <laughs> all coming out. <laughs> all cards are laying on the table. <laughs> but like an interesting idea actually pops up in this episode uh, when Loki's talking about you know, betraying people and he said he's not going to betray her. And you wonder you think about how much he's already changed across this. Like he's he's. Five episodes so far, and then he even acknowledges, "Well, I've had a very stressful last few days, weeks. I don't even know how, how long it's been since I left, like New York." So you guys think, you know, well, what this is going on? Loki is still relatively fresh off trying to, like I said, a couple of episodes ago, invade Earth, and you know, without rebellions before being defeated by the Avengers. So all that is still fresh. And so it would be interesting to find out how much time exactly has passed between him leaving and this happening because as Mobius guest said, you know, time passes differently at the TVA. Yeah, it might be um in our sort of world, no time at all, to be honest. You just you just never know in these sort of things, do you? But uh yeah, he's definitely sort of grown as a person mm-hmm. throughout this episode and more, you know, a lot of t- is that to do with his uh, feelings for for Sylvie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, 
you know, I made a joke about your comments when you said like typical bloody women, but like I did kind of laugh at Richard E. Grant uh, uh, line when uh, when he tells the other Loki's about Sylvie. He goes, "Have you guys ever met a female variation of us?" And Richard E. Grant's guy goes, "Sounds like a nightmare." Which I did, but that was a little funny. That was funny. And so, obviously, Elias is kind of basically a monster of the week. Basically, he's basically the obstacle for them to get to the the real person behind the curtain, the real man behind the curtain, and everything. But he is presented in a as this real final boss kind of thing in a way. Because you've got that scene where Loki has the original plan, he's like, oh, I can sneak rid of it back while he goes for the big meal, you know, like, tip- like any typical animal. Then, like, some... I don't know how they managed to prune a whole fucking ship, but um, a giant ship just appears, and, you know, he just consumes it, and then just buggers off, and Loki kind of realises, yeah, I may have to reconsider my entire life decision. Yeah, and, and when he tells Sylvia's plan, I mean, she's she's not really impressed, is she? She's like, that, that's your plan? <laughs> yeah, Loki's obviously so desperate to prove that he's not a, a, the lesser Loki, because uh, Mobius kind of thought of him as lesser than Sylvie when they were hunting her, and she basically thinks he's an idiot, and so he, once again, he's pretty fit, and I'm like, like, that was your plan? Well, kind of, and, and she looks at the other Loki, he's like, you guys went along with? I have my doubts. Yeah, I thought that's gonna cover their tracks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I had my doubts. <laughs> Very much, uh, yeah. Basically, trying to save themselves. Uh, but also, you know, I mentioned Mobius earlier, he does have a nice moment with Loki where they, they hug and everything, and he whispers, You're my favourite. And they, they ask them, Well, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do when you get back to the TVA? He says, no, burn it to the ground. <laughs> well, of course, we have the moment at the end of the door opens. Oh, well, before that. should mention, you know, we talked a couple of episodes ago about what they can and can't do. Like, okay, he's talked about the different tricks he pulls, but he can't enchant people like Sylvie can. But then somehow he manages to do it along with her. They, they together manage to enchant Sylvie, you know, she gets the idea that he can maybe do it if he really tries, because they see what classic Loki's doing to trick Elias, and you know, they say, I think we're stronger than we realise, so are we going to see that more of Loki maybe again to learn similar tricks to likes of classic Loki and Sylvie, where Loki's now able to enchant people? Yeah, well, he he does help her enchant um, Elias, doesn't he? Well, they, they sort of hold hands and combine their powers, and he goes, but I don't know how. And she says, of course you do, we're the same. So, that was quite a cool moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do like the idea of Loki unlocking out parts of himself or like, abilities that he never knew he had through meeting other versions of himself. And so, you know, I like to see them maybe explore that a little more. It's a bit like a game when you progress and either mm-hmm. you kill a boss character or or meet an NPC and you gain your abilities as you as you go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that pretty much the the best way you can describe it. Uh, but they might be, you know, with their powers combined. Uh, <laughs> and Jan, I'm, I'm way more proud of that than I should be. Uh, and Jan, a life and clear a pathway to the door. Uh, to this, uh, beyond the end of time or this person who is behind the TVA we believe is so when you're watching this girl uh, 
do you want to throw any theories as what you think is going to happen, uh, like and see if we're how see if you're proven hilariously wrong or if you somehow manage to flick it and get it exactly right. <laughs> well, I, I can't because I have it's one of the spoilers uh, I have come across, so I, I do have a, a sort of idea of who they're going to meet. Unfortunately, I couldn't avoid all spoilers. I did very well. I mean, I managed to avoid quite a lot, but that's. One of the things after the final episode that kept popping up. Am I allowed to say it, or do you want to? No, I think you know for the benefit of those who may or may not have seen it or just going along with this episode by episode, I think we hold off. But there are so many things I've wanted to kind of talk about that hmm. I haven't. Uh, I will, that I'll finally, get, I'm glad I'll finally get to when we do look at the finale, and I, I think that one's going to be one of our longer episodes. When we talk about the finale, yeah, uh, yeah so much especially if Sam decides to wear uh, guest again. You know he he's been put on a he's on he's he's on the short list, but you know he he has to learn to stay in his lane sometimes. So we may need to try. He has to learn sometimes. We get new guests. I mean, we've got the excuse that he he guessed on the last one, so we'll we'll try and get we'll try and go for someone different if we can. Yeah, yeah. But uh, other than that, I think when I look at what I have here, uh, do you have anything else you want to say on this episode before we go into you know the ratings? Uh, I, no, I don't think I have. Uh, I think it's um, about yeah. I think it's about everything. I think I think one thing I would say to call what they get to a house is perhaps um, underselling it. It's it's more like a sort of. A, a, like a sort of castle type of thing, or a, or a very gothic looking mansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very hard to really describe what this like place looks like. But yeah, it does look like a kind of mansion or kind of house randomly in the middle of what looks like kind of looks like space. But then again, it's maybe at the end of time, so we don't really know. It it's where I live, basically. <laughs> I'm surprised you've got a me- I'm surprised the Wi-Fi is so good that- there that you're able to do this podcast. Ah, you see, I just, it, I just send it through the, through the timelines. You know, when people try and check where the internet connection is coming from, a liar just takes them away, and Starmite <laughs> to go on uninterrupted. I might, I might have to prune that dog though. <laughs> you, you fucking do. <laughs> He's like. Trust me, you go, you, you try. It'll be like alligator lucky. I'll bite your fucking hand off. <laughs> <laughs> that that aside, uh, I think we've got a lot to delve into with uh, the finale. I've had a, I have a couple of theories that I've wanted to kind of get out there that I haven't had a chance to, and so I will make sure to do that when we get into the finale and go in as much detail as possible. And I know you say you've got some spoilers, but I'm really surprised to. See, girl, when we get to that episode, what stuff you knew about and what stuff of anything you didn't know about regards to that episode. But uh, in terms of this episode, episode five, what would your overall rating be? Uh, I I think it's like a, a nine, maybe a nine and a half. It's a very strong episode. 
Uh, I think the one before it I enjoyed more, but I really do like it. I like the the idea of um, all the different Loki variants, and how can you not love Richard E. Grant dressed as classic Loki? <laughs> Indeed, uh, I think all of the 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 back and forth between the different Lokis really helps elevate the episode. So as much as much as like there's a lot of like action kind of happening with Elias and everything, and a clear kind of storyline through it and like really helped progress that along to the finale uh, like I said it was weird when I was making my notes for it that it didn't feel like there was as much to talk about as last episode and maybe it's because I enjoyed the last episode so much last episode was a 10 out of 10 that maybe it's because it's, it's by comparison this one maybe doesn't feel as strong in some areas to me but I think I'm still going to give it maybe I think, I think I'll give it an 8 out of 10 a couple of points below the Last one, I was gonna give it a seven point five or something, but that somehow feels too low, especially given like some of the the funny like lines we get that we've already mentioned in this review. So I'll give it around about an eight. Yeah, can't argue with that. But what do you guys think of this episode? Did you think it was an eight, like a nine, or is it even lower, or is it a perfect ten out of ten for you? Make sure to pass along all opinions to at Finds on Twitter and our Instagram. And make sure to follow us if you haven't already, or let us know at Podding Eight Easy also on Twitter. Uh, Carl, if people really enjoyed this episode but didn't think it was long enough and wanted to hear more of your voice on a Rogue Pains podcast, where might they find that? Well, you know, I can't imagine that would be the case, but <laughs> <laughs> if it is, you can find me. Um, with uh, Nathan on the Man United podcast, which uh, we should be recording and releasing relatively soon, hopefully sometime this week. Um, not that there's not mu- not that there's much to talk about regarding Man United uh, this week. I can't think of anything major that's that's happened off the, off the top of my head, but you know, I'm sure we'll come up rustle something up. Uh, and there's also um, the Rogue Chronicles, uh, where the latest one features Scott himself as we talk fanos. Mm-hmm. And Scott, how about yourself? Uh, I got quite a bit going on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Scott McLean 1986. Be sure to find Carl at Carl's underscore fire80. Uh, also, you can find me here on the Rogue Retro Smackdown review. Recently, I did an episode that was actually under 90 minutes. They managed to get that. I haven't finished editing the episodes coming out this Sunday. Maybe it's a bit longer, maybe it's a bit shorter. I can't remember. Uh, but we've got the Go Home episode for Backlash 2000 coming out at the end of this week. The following week, we hope to then bring you the Backlash 2000 review, aka what WrestleMania 2000 should have been. And <laughs> also, myself and Sam and a few others, we are getting, we've gotten together hopefully already. I think us this to record some stuff related to AEW, where we talk about a lot of the big things that have been happening over the last month or so. Probably a lot of that is going to be focused on CM Punk. Can't imagine why. And never uh, heard of him. Yeah, would he, would he ever be? And oh, in the, in the weeks to come, we're also going to bring you an all-out review. But so. But I think you're also at some point going to get two versions of an all-out review where you have me, Sam, and a few others discussing a, a review of people who are, you know, really invested and are actually watching almost everything going on right now. And then you're going to have a one with Jimmy and Nathan, where Nathan is very last, doesn't know what the fuck's going on, 
and I'm pretty sure they're both going to be drunk. So best of luck to them. You don't have to. <laughs> you decide which you decide which review you prefer. Uh, but also, Jimmy and Ethan did some stuff in lead stuff to do with pro wrestling magic. They've got coming up. They did some stuff. Where they just talked about you know, the Spider-Man trailer and stuff like that. Make sure you check out past episodes of Podney and Easy by the way, because we talked about the Spider-Man uh, No Way Home trailer last week, among other things. And basically keep tuned to all the stuff we've got coming up. We've got things. Uh, Scott and Wall Around Podcast has got a new episode coming out where we just talk for our extended period of time. And we also may have been drunk, but I will just confirm nor deny. And me and him have got some plans for Impact and Freezer-related content in the weeks to come as we're now under the Rogue Pains banner, but you can also find us on Twitter at uh, SP Rambling on Twitter. And I think that's about it, uh, plug-wise. So I thank you, everybody, for getting into this episode, and we can't wait to bring you the finale uh, and complete our glorious purpose here on the these Loki reviews. Yeah, and bring all the timelines back together under one true timeline. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll do that, but it'll be no hard task at that, ladies and gentlemen. Much like podding, it ain't easy. It really isn't. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye.